Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. There's a place beyond this place, a middle ground between the light and the darkness, the nadir and the zenith. For some, it's a bridge between the living and the dead, yet for others, it's something else entirely. It's the place where our nightmares dwell. Each one of us has touched the other side and felt the presence of something beyond this world. experience the paranormal in a multitude of different ways. Sometimes who we meet aren't exactly who they appear to be. Evil can manifest in a variety of different forms and faces, luring us into their darkness. This week on Hip Hop Horror Stories, we have rapper Skinny sharing an exclusive and terrifying story that he's never told anyone before tonight. Listen as he navigates the chilling moments of a demonic Phantom Dancer, leading him into an unforgettable night. The horror lies partially in the twists and turns of this memory. My name is Skinny, and this is my hip-hop horror story. So, this happened, gotta be at least eight years ago, man. This is one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me. Randomly, I was on Hollywood Boulevard, and, uh, I don't even know what the fuck I was doing over there, man. I was just vibing and chilling. I was wearing these, um, it was these like blue overalls, and I remember I had a, I had like one of them old school um, Tupac t-shirts under it. What was unusual about that day was it was kind of colder. 
usually, you know, in LA, you don't get that cold, but it was random. It was kind of like the sky was gray, almost like it wanted to rain. And this random guy pulls up to me and just gives me this fucking strip club flyer or some shit. He had this weird gray trench coat and he had this weird odor. I can't even lie, like he kind of looked like homeless or something. So I'm just like, fuck, I'm gonna go check this shit out, fuck it. As soon as I walk in, I see one of my boys. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I just pull up to him and I was like, yo, what up? Just chop it up for a little bit. <clears throat> Throw a little money here and there, you know what I mean? End up going to the bathroom. And uh, as soon as I kind of come out the bathroom, right? This, this stripper chick was just fucking just standing there, just staring at me, it's kind of like, she was fine as fuck. She had like dark red hair and shit. She smelled like one of them real popular like Victoria's Secret body sprays, man. I'm not sure if it was like like a peach or a, or like a strawberry. But she was just staring at me all like kind of sexy, creepy, all weird. So we kind of just chopped it up. And she told me her name is Lilith. I'm like, kind of asking her when she gets off and shit. I remember her high heels, man. We would just walk through the hallway and her heels would just echo loud, like, almost like the whole fucking building knew she was here. Like, like she had a mean walk and it was, her heels mad loud, man. So basically, we end up <clears throat> leaving the strip club and it's dark out. Like the lights was weird, like some lights was like bright. Now mind you, when I went in the strip club, bruh, it was like 1.30, 2 maybe in the afternoon. And I don't even remember being in there for that long. So there was like a part that happened in between this that I'm missing. As soon as we leave this strip club, whatever, it's about like 7.30, 8, something like that. I end up just taking her back to my crib. I don't even really remember how I ended up getting back to the house, man. I'm, I don't know if it was a, we took an Uber, I rode with the girl, I don't even know, man. When we were walking together, man, it was like we was in love. And we were like holding hands and she was just all over me and we just basically just racing to get to the house. All I, all I remember is getting super sp spooked out when we walk into the elevator and, bruh, she clicks on my floor. Now, mind you, this building has got 12 floors. Like, I don't even tell her what floor I live on, bruh. So I don't really say nothing. She was all over me, man. Started, like, kissing my neck and shit while my mind was like, wait, what the fuck? And it was almost like she was kind of, like, trying to distract me from even, like, thinking about this. It, it was a weird situation, man. I, I, I never forget in the elevator of my, my building at that time had lots of, um, um, mirrors on the walls, you know what I mean? So I was distracted, I can't lie. She was fine as fuck. She reminded me really like, she was like my girl of my dreams. We end up chilling in the crib. I'm a romantic guy, you know what I mean? I had the candles lit, uh, you know what I mean? We had a little music going on and I can't even lie now, uh, candles was even moving weird, bro. Like now that I really think about it, I remember that and it, it, she, she really just spooked me out, but she was way into me, so. Oh, the craziest part, though, was she pulls out some sandy bars, bro. And I say, fuck it, I pop a whole bar. 
and I, I'm I'm not really into the to the Zanny shit really like that. So that shit really hit me, bro. Whatever. So I'm I'm fucked up off this bar. I'm, I'm just kicking it with this random stripper that I just met at this weird ass strip club that I've never seen before. And this girl tells me, "Yo, I got a tattoo appointment. You want to go get tatted?" I was like, "Yeah, fuck it. Let's go get tatted." So we end up going to this uh, random fucking house, bruh. It's a random house, small. It had like this weird, it was like a red door in a, in the roof. It was just weird, bruh. Like it had like a weird, it was fenced up. It was crazy. It's almost like, it was just a weird place, bruh. So we walk in there, whatever. It, it was like, it was like a tiny room and his crib was weird. And she goes, ah, you know what? I don't really feel like getting tatted. You could, you could, why don't you just get tatted? The tattoo guy had like these weird, just, he had like a, almost like a mullet and um, really thick glasses, which I thought was kind of odd. I'm like, damn, like my tattoo artist got thick glasses. Like, I don't know, even know what the fuck I want to even get tatted. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just there. I said, fuck it. I'm just, whatever. When I was, when I was getting tattooed, this one little random part that I remember was the sound of the tattoo gun sounded almost it sounded off, you know what I mean? Because I got tattoos everywhere, so I'm 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 really familiar with the sound of a tattoo gun. But this in particular, his tattoo gun sounded like a damn near like like a high pitched chainsaw or I don't even know how to describe it. It it, it had like it was almost like it was broken, but it wasn't, and, and, and I don't remember feeling anything. I end up going back to the crib, whatever. I don't remember nothing now. I'm waking up. I get up. I go to the bathroom. I'm brushing my teeth. And I look in the mirror. And I got a tattoo of my face in the middle of my chest. <laughs> Shit, bruh. I was just like... What the fuck did I do last night, dog? And I basically, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck, how the fuck did I even end up getting a tattoo? I don't remember fucking doing nothing. So I end up, I go through my phone, I see a text message from a random number, and it's a picture of my, basically, you know you know how like when you get a new tattoo, you know, they take a picture of your whatever other tattoo. So I'm thinking, oh fuck, this probably is the tattoo artist or or maybe even the girl. So I end up calling the tattoo artist, right? And I end up calling him and I'm like, bruh, how the fuck you gonna you gonna let me get my face tattooed in, the, in my chest? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna going off on him and he's like, nah, this what this what you said. I was like, nah, you you and that girl definitely was just fucking with me. And he goes, What girl? I was like, man, stop playing. I was like, the girl that had the fucking appointment. Dude, he goes, nah, bro. I was like, you you set up the appointment yourself and you came you by yourself. And that's when I fucking, I was like, what the fuck? So, the shit was so fucking weird. And I felt like I kept telling him, nah, you stop fucking with me. And he kept swearing on nah, bro. You was by solo. I don't even know who the fuck you talking about. So, I ended up calling... My boy, my uh, the, my boy that I ran into in the in the strip club, and I and I hit him and I'm like, yo, you saw me with that girl, right? With the, well, she had like really long red hair, and 
I'm like, you saw me with that chick, right? You saw me leave with her, and he goes, nah, I, I just seen you leave by yourself. And I was just like, nah, that shit fucked up. That shit really fucked me up, bro. But the funniest shit is, bro, I had to wait two weeks to get it covered, right? Because I was going to get that shit covered. There's no way I was about to see two faces of me. That shit was just so weird. I end up going and getting my tattoo covered up. And the guy that gave me the, the tattoo was not the um, same guy that um, gave me the cover up. I actually went, it was like some spot on Ventura. I just went to like the nearest, closest place I had. And I was like, yo, I need somebody to cover my tattoo up. So I'm laying there with the tattoo artist. It's just like, all right, so I can, you know, I'm going to throw a rose on top of Lil Wayne. I said, what? I said, what? He said, yeah, we're going to cover up Lil Wayne, right? I said, yeah, yeah, just cover up Lil Wayne, you know what I mean? Luckily, he didn't think it was me, so it wasn't that embarrassing. I can't lie, uh, you know, it's, I could laugh about it now. If it was a great portrait of myself, I would say I might have, like, kept it. But the tattoo itself was not that great, you know what I mean? So that shit was spooky, man. And I, I never seen the girl again. When I went back to that area um, where I was at, I wasn't really quite sure where, what turn it was, but it was no strip club, man. It was like some of the windows was boarded up, almost like it felt like it got raided or something. I think about that incident all the time, especially when I, when I like when I'm when I'm on Hollywood Boulevard or I'm passing by or even when I'm just randomly with my with my boys in the strip club. I'm always like, yeah, I wonder. If I wonder if she here, I wonder if she really even existed, man, because it's crazy knowing that she kind of wasn't real, but I, I, I could swear she was real. It was, it was, it was, it was definitely the weirdest shit that's ever happened to me. Now that you've heard and experienced Skinny's chilling story, was she a demon dancer? Humor me, and let's say there is a logical explanation for this. What did this woman want? Why was she not seen by anyone other than Skinny, even before he took a pill? While Skinny insists that she was a dark and powerful entity who lures unsuspecting people, looking to snatch souls or harm them, what did she really want from him? He believes that no one saw her because she was a spirit that chose him. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. 
I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When a person meets a violent end, whether from murder or by their own hand, it's said their soul remains in a state of endless turmoil, unable to pass into the peace of the afterlife. They're trapped in an ethereal purgatory, tethered to their past lives by their unresolved trauma. But death is not always an end. In some cases, it's a grim continuum. This next story from renowned Chicago artist Dreezy is a case in point. In 2020, her close friend and collaborator, King Vaughn, was gunned down in front of an Atlanta nightclub. Years later, Dreezy talks about a visit from the late rapper that remains unexplained. This is her story. So this is not really like a horror story. It wasn't scary, but I do feel like I felt some energy as somebody who, you know, I was getting to know as a person. So I started working with King Vaughn probably like a couple years ago. And um, he was super cool. And Asian doll, that's like my sister. Like a lot of people say she crazy, but like she really cool as fuck, like really down to earth. So like I used to take her to go pull up on Vaughn and they used to, we literally just used to go pull up just so she could kiss Vaughn. So I used to be like, girl, let's go. Like they had like this high school bond going on. I was going back and forth. And then I remember when um, 
somebody from his team, shout out to Benz, he had reached out to me like, you know, I want y'all to do a song. So I ended up going to the studio, I did a song for him. It wasn't my, my I wasn't that crazy about my verse, but then they t- asked me to do a different song, so I did a different song. And I felt like, you know, that one was the one. So me and Vaughn, once he heard it, he was like, man, this is hard. And like, I had met him in the studio a couple times. He was vibing out, I was vibing out. Seen him in person at the club a couple times. And we just had like a cool little mutual relationship. Nothing really like too serious. But at the time I was really like just going crazy for his momentum. Like seeing somebody come out of Chicago like that, they was he was just blowing up. So I was in my hotel one day and I had got the news that he passed away. And I literally like, I didn't know how to feel. I was just like, this is crazy. Like I just started building a bond with this boy. Like and my sis Asian and brought me around him a couple times. So I already knew like she was going through it. So like literally like the next day or maybe two days later, she was just like, you know, where you at? I'm like, I'm at home. I was in Atlanta. I had a crib in like Woodstock. It's like the middle of nowhere. It's like the country. Um, So I was put up for real. And she was just like, I'm finna just come slide on you. And I'm like, okay. And it was so crazy because that day, uh, if it wasn't that day, it was another day. But around that time, I had just invited my friends over. I'm like, look, I'm gonna cook for y'all. We gonna um, light up these lanterns and we gonna let them off in the sky. So, we let off our lanterns in the sky. They it actually started going crazy because one of the lanterns had like changed its route. It was supposed to go straight up in the air, but it ended, the wind ended up blowing it like like back down to the ground. And I, I think it might have hit somebody's house or a tree or something. Because next thing we know, the fire department was driving down the street. I'm like, what the fuck? We just probably killed somebody. Like, what the hell is going on? But we still had fun. I think everybody was safe. But, um, yeah, Asian was ended up coming over my house, and she was just talking to me. And, um, you know, she cried. I cried. I lost both of my best friends when I was younger. One of my best friends to a car accident, one of them to a, a murder um, in Chicago. So, like, that really, like, took a toll on me. So I kind of could relate to her, like, is like losing somebody close to you when you're young. Like everybody has something to say about their relationship, but I really saw it in person, like how much they was fighting to love each other. And it looked like Vaughn was just going through a lot of stuff from the outside in. It just looked like he was going through so much like shit in the world. And, you know, she was talking to me about it before he passed. But when it happened, I'm just like, damn, like I know my sis hurt. So. When she came over, I felt good because I'm like, all right, like, I feel like you opening up to me. Like, this is something we could both relate to. And we was talking, and and she was just telling me all these different stories about how he he felt like he was fighting demons and just going through so much, you know. And he had so much on his plate and how she felt like he might be at peace now and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, it, it might be, he might... Hopefully, we pray, you know, that he is at peace. I know he at peace because he, he's somewhere higher with a higher power. So then she was telling me how she was talking to a reader. And the lady was just telling her different stuff. And I'm like, all right, Asian, don't go too crazy. Like, I don't be getting into the, the readers and stuff like that, like tarot cards, nothing like that. But 
you know, when somebody vulnerable in those times, you just you just want to be an open ear. And I I believe in like the afterlife, and I believe in spirits and stuff. So if somebody telling me they having a supernatural connection with somebody that they love, however way they did it, like I'm, I just got an open ear for it. I'm not gonna turn it down. So um, yeah, I was just listening to her talk, and then I'm like, well, you know, let's just go smoke. We gonna chill. Um, we got our pajamas on, just chilling. We went to my living room. My living room is like connected to my kitchen. So like my house, like if you ever been to my crib, unless I got music or something playing, it's real peaceful. I got candles lit, like it's real like just calming. So, um, and I live by myself. So if if it was anything going on in the house, I would instantly hear it. I would know about it. Like, but it, I never had those type of like interactions. So yeah, we went to the couch and um Asian crazy, she she the type that like you'll wake up at 6 a.m. and she looking at you because she already woke. Like she's crazy. So I fell asleep first and we was on the couch and um we had smoked a couple blunts after we got done talking and stuff. And I'm just like, man, she a soldier for real. And um we went to sleep. It's like quiet, super, super quiet. The lights is off in the living room and everything. And all you heard was like a boom coming from the kitchen. And I'm just like, what? Like, I'm I'm still laying there, but Asian up. So Asian like, I know you just heard that. I'm like, looking around like, okay, I did just hear that. Like, that that was kind of creepy as fuck. She like, she like dreams. When I tell you, like, I just felt like a cold air across my body. And then that sound just happened. She said, that's Vaughn. And I'm like, you know me, I'm like, I'm not trying to think too into it, but I'm like, let me look and see if something failed in the kitchen or something, because it had to be something. And you look in the kitchen, nothing, nothing failed, nothing was moved, like nothing. It was just a bang, and I heard it. Like, I'm not even going to try to act like I was, like she was convincing me to go crazy or nothing, like, because I was in a common type of time, so I'm like, nah, I definitely heard that, like, and I'm just looking at her. I'm like, if, if sis say that's that's what she felt, that's what she felt. And I felt it too. So I don't know what it was, what was going on, but I definitely feel like, you know, that could have been a sign for her or something. It, it, it wasn't nothing scary, though. Like, it wasn't, like, nothing evil. Um, it was just, it just felt like, you know, somebody was trying to, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get too into it, but it just, it just felt like, Something was happening, so that's my story. Dreezy's story is a powerful reminder of the human spirit's ability to transcend life and death. Vaughn's benign presence might have helped Dreezy make peace with his violent end while finding the peace he needed to finally cross over into the spirit world. But ultimately, we will never know. In the realm of the living, there are narratives woven so tightly with the strings of human emotions that they defy the constraints of life and death.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.